Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Coco Express Show for Tuesday, February 24th, 2015. I'm sorry. I have to say there are two things that I would like to say before we begin our show. And I want to thank everyone who kind of reached out to me to share their their condolences um, in regards to the loss of my uncle. He was very dear to me, and I'm going to miss him and my other family members who I'm so close to terribly. However, we must go on, and in honor of my family, I will go on, and I will continue to do what it is that I do and I love to do, and that's be with you. And the second thing I wanted to also say is I hope we get some reprieve from this weather because it's really draining me, and I'm sure it's draining you all, too. I'm ready for some warm weather. So let's just pray that we get some warm weather soon. That's the end of that. Now, we're gonna, I'm excited because um, I believe two years ago we had this amazing man on our show. And I have to tell you that he was like one of the first, I guess you could, um, people that I saw in the movies when I went to the movies. And I have never never forgotten him. I have followed him whenever I can get to see something that he's involved in. I've always made it my business to do that. And I'm a fan, but I'm also a supporter um, in the fact that it is just so difficult for um, for actors of color at the time he started out. And things are still difficult nowadays, but it's on a different playing field. And we're going to discuss all of that and everything, however. You all know him. You know the stone theatrical and television works of the legendary Antonio Fargas. His unforgettable roles have paved the way for many to follow and flex their acting muscles. He has worked with the greatest, I mean the greatest in the world. And what's so interesting is the fact that he keeps on giving us something new. So please allow me the opportunity and the honor to bring to you Antonio Fargas. Hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, oh, what an intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I was talking to someone today, and, uh, you know, they were sort of telling me, well, how does it feel like to be recognized and all those other things? And I'm saying, you know what? I mean, for me to be, you know, together with you guys this, this evening and, uh, you know, after 54 years in the business, that uh you know that that sort of raised me and nurtured me and uh and, and gave me opportunities you know it's it's more humility than uh than the other side of you know thinking I'm all that you know because mm-hmm. this has been a particularly spiritual journey and uh and more humbling than uh you know than than egotistic you know because it's it's only through the grace of God that uh 
that I have what I have, and we are where we are today. So uh, I'm very pleased to be with you, and uh, looking forward to the dialogue and and to you know to revealing a little bit more about uh, about my journey and you know and and things that I've been blessed in with the opportunities to do. Well, it is indeed a pleasure. Um, I'm going to tell you that I started. Well, I wasn't supposed to be going to the movies when I was going to the movies. Ah. So, because <laughs> I was too young to be in the movies. So, I started um, in the 70s, and I saw your movies in the 70s, and that's how I got my start. And then, when I started seeing you on the soaps, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is a different character. Oh, okay. Then I saw you in Starsky and Hutch, and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, okay. This man, he's got a lot of faces. (laughs) I love characters. You know, that was, you know, and I was able to, like, play characters that were able to inspire people that I didn't even know inspired inspired you or inspired inspired many others and then to see the consistency through opportunity to be able to play different characters to play characters like in in a car wash or or in Foxy Brown and then a fly guy and I'm going to get you sucker and you know and uh, and then to play on on um on um Sanford and Son. I mean, I mean, it's just been, you know, like a, a whirlwind of of opportunities that gave me a chance. When you start looking at, you know, some of the soldiers in the game, and I'm just one another soldier. I never wanted to be a big star or anything like that. I just loved what, like, I love what uh, the the opportunity to play these characters that that people in the hood and people could identify with. I mean, I've also had the opportunity to do Shakespeare and and to play classical theater and to and to the challenges of August Wilson and and um James Baldwin and, and Amiri Baraka who was known as Leroy Jones back in the day and, um on the Lower East Side when I was just uh, 17 years old and to to bathe in the River Jordan on my 18th birthday because I couldn't go to my graduation because um, I had to play in a play with uh, with Cordy McNeil called called the Amen Corner, the James Baldwin play, and uh, and we played in Israel and and on my 18th birthday uh, I put my feet in the River Jordan it, and I call it bathing, but it was just as just as good and uh, so I mean all these things and all these different characters have 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 been able to uh, uh, open the eyes of people. And I always talk about when I was doing a play in London, in, in England, and I had, it was a little town in England, they have such a strong theater, theater network in, in, in the UK. Well, so I was doing a, a, a play at a theater, some traditional English kind of play. And, uh, and I had to take a taxi to the theater every night, you know, to, to and fro from the place that I was staying in the, and inevitably, almost every one of those taxi drivers in the town that I was in told me, Antonio, you don't have to pay me for this ride because I can't tell you how much it meant to us to to see you in Starsky and Hutch because that we had to do our homework. You know, like you, you weren't allowed to go to the you know 
go to the movies or or see see things on television, but but because they had a hunger to see that I was part of a cast of of a revolution, not revolutionary, but a groundbreaking a groundbreaking series in in many ways that that traveled well. And so that same kind of experience that you had in terms of what you saw when you went to the theater, um, they said, I don't have to pay for the ride because they just wanted to pay me back a little bit for what I'd given them. And those are the kind of blessings that that make me feel spiritually rich today, um, even more than what my bank account, you know, bank account is because uh, those are the deposits that I like to to make and I can draw on inspiration as I go through, as you talked about, some of the ups and downs and the tough times of, and the perseverance times that it took to, you know, to, to be here today and to, uh, and to culminate a journey and to realize that it, was, that it was all a spiritual trip. And I didn't realize it then, but now I think that's the cherry on the cake of my career and my life because I don't have much time. You know, I'm 69. I'll be 69 years old, and uh, so I don't have many more many more years on the planet. But but those that I can celebrate with others about you know about my legacy and then teach young people the shoulders that I stood on, you know, and um, and prepare my shoulders for you to stand on and for for those who. Who had the benefit of uh, you know of seeing of being a part of my journey? So it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's a cool deal, love. That's all I can tell you. Well, it's amazing, and I have to tell you, as a kid when I was growing up, I, I had the pleasure of having my grandmother um, in my life for a while, and she was born in the 1800s. So mm. yeah, so she had this real sense of of supporting the black actors and the people in the theatrical craft, she said, because for them to be able to be seen is something that we never would be able to have. And we have to support them and lift them up and push them forward however way we can. If that means you have to go to the movie theater to to pay to watch the movie, you go pay, don't sneak in, because I know you're trying to get in the movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) And if there was ever a show on TV, we had to watch it. It was a family thing. We had to sit and watch the show on TV, she said, because they work so hard to get where they are. We have to give them our support whichever way that we can. And it gave me such a, a, a sense of pride and understanding in what it takes to become who you are in a world where it wasn't equal. And yep. I have to tell you that but that is the reason why I just followed you, you know, your career however way that I could and um, was just, you know, just so honored to see you go from one place to the next to the next to the next. And for me, that's saying that he is good at what he does because they keep wanting more. And well, You are blessed. You are blessed, you know, to have that kind of legacy, to have that kind of mentoring in your life to be able to, you know, expose you to, you know, to to what you should be passing on to, you know, to those who come behind you. That's, that's you know, because it, it was a hostile. I always talk about that a lot of the characters that I played um, lived in a hostile world. Huggy Bear was a survivor in a hostile world. Lindy in Car Wash was a survivor in a hostile world, someone who chose an alternative lifestyle, 
to others, you know, and I have so much respect for the chance takers in, in the business and sometimes the sacrifices that those chance takers have to make. I don't care if it's Michael Jackson or, or, or Whitney Houston or, you know, or, or those, you know, or John Co- uh, the Bird or all the people who, you know, who needed their medicine in order to survive in this hostile world and to deal with the fact that they were given so many gifts and talents that, that almost overwhelmed them and consumed them and the sacrifices that they made. And, you know, and, and in my small way, there was a certain amount of sacrifice that, that, uh, that I had to make uh, in order to say, you know what, this is something that I must do. You know, there were times I wasn't home, you know, with my children because there was something that I must do. I had a burning desire to do this, and I had the support you know, of of my of my families and loved ones and people and people such as yourself who said, you know what, you know, there must be something something greater and you know and we're all human beings, you know, with you know, with frailties that uh but uh, at the same time, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected and to be able to shoulder that and to carry the love and dignity of the characters that I was able to play, because that's what I cared about. People say, well, what character do you love the best of all the characters that you play? Well, I love each one like, like if they were my children. Each one of those characters is special. I can't put one over the other. And that's, you know, that's the, the sense of that, you know, it was really all about love. You know, it's really all about love and learning to love myself and learning to love the characters and the opportunities and learn to love my people, you know, and sometimes I have to play tough characters, characters that other people didn't want to play because they didn't, you know, they didn't, or they wanted to play at acting at it, you know, I don't care if I was playing a gay role, I wanted you to believe that that person had feelings inside and that person came from a place of, you know, of hurt or whatever it was, and and that's not an easy journey. That's not an easy journey to go on, you know. So now everybody wants to play these alternative roles and say, you know, in order to get Academy Awards and to say how great they are and all that. And, and I love that, but but the foundation, you know, and whose shoulders they stand on. I got jobs from Martin, Martin, and uh, Will Smith, and and, uh, and of course Chris Rock, um, and even Snoop. Because they knew whose shoulders they stood on, so I, and you know, everybody hates Chris. Came out of that legacy because Chris Rock was a fan growing up watching me, and when he could say, you know what, I want to thank you, Antonio, just like those people who gave me the taxi ride, you know, I want to thank you, Antonio. So, it's it is a, it is a world of reach one, teach one, and you're doing such a wonderful job, you know, on the air. Now, on the internet, wherever this this thing goes, because you are reaching one and teaching one in in your way. So, so I salute you. Oh, I am so so grateful. Thank you so much for that. And it's just for me, the thing about it is, we really don't know you, and that's the thing that's so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my plan. You know, I I feel fear. Fear drove me to be the actor that I that I am today. You know, but now it's less fear because I've traveled this journey. I don't need that anymore as an asset because I didn't want people to know me. So I was able to get into characters. And doing all these characters kept you from knowing who I was because I was just a scared, frightened young man who grew who grew by getting into doing these characters. I was able to grow up safely because, again, life seemed like a the world seemed like a hostile place, but the arts, 
Art gave me an opportunity. Art, that's what happens for athletes who get it, who get, who, 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 um, who find themselves, uh, who lose themselves or get themselves into or the discipline that it takes to be an athlete. Because I've always, all I wanted was was love and to and, and discipline, you know, and the discipline that it took to do what I did enabled me to grow up to feel like that I'm in a safe place today because uh, I know how to protect myself and I don't need that protection anymore because I've been spiritually blessed and, and guided and all through all the things that I went through that there was a reason that this day, this time, was preordained before we were born, you know, and all I had to do was show up. And here we are today talking, and, you know, there was nothing I could have done to avoid this day or you. And that's everybody who draws a breath, you know, uh, in in this world. Because, you know, the man upstairs says, well, my show gets closed, not, you know, and it, it doesn't happen before it's supposed to happen. And these things you don't just, you know, walk out of school or learn. You have to live a life in order to you know, to start to understand or to, you can understand it, but until you live it, then, you know, then you get the payoff. I wasn't being too esoteric or anything like that. No, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's so amazing is you shared a little bit. I mean, you give us such little snippets of who you are. You are a husband. You are a father. You are a musician. You know, these are all things that, that you never really touch too much on. You just go, you know, Yeah, I go about my business. You know, yes. What I'm doing right now in the community, I live in Las Vegas, and, you know, and I and I work in the community. I, I teach young people. I mentor young people. You know, yes, I'm a father. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm a, a father, and I, I'm one of my stepson. I'm, I'm doing a movie that he's producing. My son was played in the NFL for seven years, Justin Fargus, and, and uh, you know he's married to a lovely lady who's coach of the LSU Lady Basketball Team, uh, Nikki Caldwell Fargus, and I just have you know so this I've, I've been just so enriched, but uh, that you know but again it's like focusing on what I wanted what I needed to do you know I had a hunger and a need to perform and and also to to live a life that. Uh, that I could be proud of, that that my children and my grandchildren could be proud of, you know. And I'm not saying that you know that that I was perfect or that I you know I did everything perfect because I did make mistakes and we learn through mistakes. We learn change. Uh, pain is a touchstone of change, you know. And sometimes there was pain involved, but you know I but through the great again through the grace of God I persevered and uh, you know and I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place in spiritually, which is the most important thing. You know, I, I used to have this kind of like fear of dying and all this other stuff. And you know, maybe I, you know, my my show would be canceled before my life show would be canceled before you know I get an opportunity to you know to go full circle on things. But but it has that hasn't been the case. You know, I've been able to go full circle. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, I was born, and everybody's born, I, I was born president of Antonio Fargus Incorporated, you know, and my life was like a, was like a, was like a corporation that I inherited. I inherited parents, the best, who did the best they could, 
I was one of 11 children, grew up in New York, and in, 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 I was born in the Bronx and raised in Chelsea, and my mother was from the Caribbean, and my dad is also from the Caribbean, it's Puerto Rican, and my mother's West Indian, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm a baby boomer guy, you know, who, who found a family, found a family of artists. I always felt like I was different. I felt different as a youngster. And then I found, at 14 years old, I found a family of artists or people who I could relate to who felt, who who also maybe felt different. And uh, and they were doing things and they were enlightening me, just like you went to see the theater. You know, I went to... I went to the movies or went to theater and I was exposed to these things and it just gave me a sense of, wow, this is where I belong. I found a home. And now I also have found a, you know, a spiritual home that, uh, that trumps all of that. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I fear spiritual death more than I fear physical death today. You know, so I'm i I'm a happy guy. Okay, that that's wonderful. My cat just decided that it wanted I to come it. in. And... <laughs> your, cat, your cat just said, Ma. See, she, <laughs> she wanted to join in. So, that's I mean, cool. I'm, and everything, I'm like, okay, okay. You I know, guess they can tell... Your animals can tell when you when you're engaged in something because they they want attention. It's like children, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess, and the cat knows. Mm-hmm. Good company. This is this is something big. I want to be a part of it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you know, so today is also a good day because you know, I mean, but I'm currently involved. In, as I said, I'm doing this movie right now, and I have a. Um, I'm doing some promotions for uh, Cozy Television, which is airing Starsky and Hutch and Miami Vice and stuff like that. Uh, I'm doing some with my band, which I'd like to talk just a little bit about, the new Jump Blues. Um, I found music in my life. I always felt that every character that I played has a musical spine. You know, they had a rhythm to them. And, uh, And I... And I'm not really a good singer, you know. I'm not really a lyrical singer, but I'm more like a poet, and 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 I do poetry to music. And I'm more inclined to be uh, like a blues singer or a, or or a jazz singer type of uh, vocalist. So I I found along with my partner, my buddy, you know, we found a group called started a group called the New Jump Blues. We mm-hmm. had you know we had the the blessed we were blessed to be able to be at play. Playboy Jazz Festival in June in Los Angeles in the Hollywood Bowl, the mecca of music, and uh, and we're just so excited about that and that we're able to do a CD which is on iTunes, uh, the new the new Jump Blues.com. You can also check it out on 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 our, on our website, and also there's some videos on um, of our, of what we do and what I do. With the band uh, on YouTube, so so it's it's exciting time. Uh, we we you know uh, I mean I found a, a musical voice after all these years because uh, I always wanted to sing, but I just you know that wasn't my thing. And I have respect for every discipline in you know that that artists lend themselves to, and I feel uh, akin to all of that. But at the same time, I know what it takes to you know to do what the great singers do and they've been 
inspired me in so many ways. Dancers inspire me. Musicians inspire me. And for me to be a little bit, uh, have a little part of uh, musical history, to have a CD is, is, you know, it's just incredible, you know. I mean, I, I never thought I'd have a CD and uh, and to have fun on stage and to, you know, I see, uh, I'm, I worked along with two wonderful singers. One is named Ariel Watkins and um, Adrian Battle. And they carry the load of the singing, uh, of the lyrical singing of this thing. But they also, it's about characters. The New Jump Blues, the music that we do, is has a lot of relationship-related stuff, which is why I like country and western music and uh, rhythm and blues because rhythm and blues talked about I lost my baby, I found my baby, all those kind of things that that were traditional with Motown and you know and some of the great soul singers and blues singers. You know, pop music is a is a is the next level, the next level. Um, but I have my roots are in in jazz or in blues and in and in and in gospel. So we able to combine all those genres in the new jump blues and mostly just go out there and have fun on stage. I think that's what's special that we're a really a live performing band. That. Uh, I mean, we translates well to the CD, but I think what we do in person, because I consider myself sort of like the the Ike Turner or the uh, Flavor Flav, or um, you, know, you wouldn't know uh, the uh, uh, it was uh, Louis, yeah, Prima. Yeah. Louis Prima was. Uh, okay, uh, I know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Louis Prima. So I'm one of those kind of guys who just like in the background. Of course, I do it. Couple of tunes where I carry the I carry the I carry the load, but basically I'm just the hook. And and in the and in the New Jump Blues, my persona is Daddy Fargus, and okay. uh, I just have a great time with these young singers, and we just uh, and with a great great band. Um, if you get a chance to listen to some of our stuff and uh, and check us out on YouTube and as I said on, on iTunes. Um, you'll see a little bit about what we're doing. Well, I did check out some of it, and I was just, I was blown away because it's really interesting for me to see that. I was recently, you know, reading like little, little sayings from different, different people in our past, um, black historians, and one of them was from, um, let's see, she's the dancer, I can't even I think I have it here. I saved it. And it basically says that, you know, a creative person has to create regardless of whatever it is. If he has, I mean, if you decide that you want to go build um, a, a little mini house in your backyard, that's part of the creative process that lives inside of you, and it is continuously going, and it never stops. And if you're not doing what you love doing, you're going to be doing something else because you just have a creative nature and it never ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I think the creative nature spells itself out and, you know, I have such respect for a good thief, you know. I mean, people, there's, you know, there, there are artists almost in every discipline, you know. I mean, and some of them that, you know, and I like the fact that being an actor, that I don't have to be anything, I don't have to be a murderer, but I like to play one. You know, I don't have to be whatever it is, but I like playing playing that. But, you know, there are some people, I mean, I always talk about that, you know, a, a, a good thief will rob your house 
and you won't even know you're robbed until you go to that place where you kept your valuables. You know, a hack or someone who's not really a good thief will tear up the whole house, tear tear everything up, you know, because they don't have, they're not sophisticated. So all of that, I mean, it's, I, I just, I, and just think if people who uh, who have a creative, you know, genius, they're genius in every kind of discipline, and it's only through, uh, you know, through the luck of the draw that we find uh, our, our true calling. I call it the right seat on the bus of life for us. You know, some people find it, and sometimes there's more than one seat on the bus, but uh, sometimes you have another career after you think one is one door closes, another one opens, but... And we can lend ourselves to a lot of things if we have some accomplishment. That's why it's so important for us to encourage young people to accomplish something. You know, I always told my son, I said, you know, I just won't accept, I won't accept failure. But if you want to be a B student, a C student, or A student, that's up to you. I just can't, I can't accept the failure. You know, I, you know, and so I would need you to, to, um, to at least uh, uh, be passing. You know, because it's important, and you know, and when we allow our young people, you know, to to not give them the discipline they need to be able to say this is just not acceptable, this is not acceptable behavior or whatever it is, um, but we also have to live it. We can't be doing something and be a double standard. You know, I mean, say don't do what I do, do what I say, and all this other mess. But but uh, it's about balance. It's about balance. Mm-hmm. Now. You have had such a long, 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 and very prosperous career. How did you do it? Because, you know, recently we just, you know, we just had the Oscars on TV and we had this whole snubbing situation and stuff. Now, I want to ask you, you know, and oh, also Monique was talking about how she was snubbed and, and or blackballed by Hollywood. Does all of this exist and how did you bypass all of that? Well, you know, I oh boy, that's it's a tough one because um when you look at the landscape, things are better than they've ever been before for for us as a people and for all minorities. And at one time the only uh, minority that was getting any pub on te- television was the African American male. You know, and then you know, then African American women, and then and then, but now, you know, we have to share that ethnic slot with Asians. We have to share with Hispanics. We have to share with you know, you know, with any group that's coming up within uh, and minorities in in general. So it's so even though uh, it's better, but individually, you know, it's still tough. It's a, it's a very subtly hostile. And I don't know about blacklisting, you know, and, and and this year, you know, obviously, you know, they call it the white, the white Oscars, and yet that's just the way it was. That's the way it was. I mean, there's, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a business that's been dominated by, like this whole, like this this country has been dominated by 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 say the white culture or whatever. You know, I mean, we. You know, being a minority, being brought over here as 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 not as good enough, or or not considered human, or you know, or the only thing that was really, really, which kind of trumped everything was that they said all men are created equal, and in the Constitution. So, 
so ones you have to go back to the papers and all that. But uh, but ignorance and, and prejudice, you know, will always seems to, you know, rear its head in different different places. But you know, I, I just know that um, it's a different world and better world than when Martin Luther King was on that bridge. You know, there's a different mm-hmm. world. You know, the blood of uh, Malcolm X, is, you know, has not been shed in vain, or, or Robert Kennedy, or any of these people who who were champions of, of, of human rights. Uh, but it's still a great topic for film. It's a great topic for music. It's a great topic for, 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 uh, for, for, for rap or gangster rap or, you know, people who are revolutionary or trying to shed light on, you know, and sometimes um, creating situations, you know, or having the foresight to see that, you know, that there's an inequity and by, you know, highlighting it and sometimes going over the top as far as I'm concerned, but at the same time I give everybody the right to, uh, you know, to, to speak their mind. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what Monique's particular deal was, but at the same time um, sometimes we're, we're ultra-sensitive because we, we've been created that way and, and and the other culture is ultra-sensitive because they've, you know, been so used to being in control and they're in fear of losing something that uh, that really doesn't, that is only in their heads. And we are sometimes, we our own bondage is in our own heads, you know, because if we don't feel good enough and if we look at ourselves, as, you know, as with, with somebody else's eyes or somebody else's standards, so building myself up... Um, you know, through this is, uh, I just think that it's, you know, I was, I was particularly blessed to be able to, you know, because, uh, I don't know, I just had a desire to, you know, to, against all odds, you know, and to, uh, to do what I do and to make the most of my opportunities and not to want something that, you know, beyond, I mean, I dreamed, but I never dreamt beyond, beyond my scope i knew i had to one put put one foot in front of the other in order to get to from point a to point b i just couldn't say okay i'm black so i need you should you owe me something you know what i mean you owe me this and all this other business and you know sometimes we find some of that you know it's the you know the entitlement kind of situation instead of working for it and you know and and realizing that through the struggle yeah, you know, and somebody's got to do the struggle. You know, sometimes young people today are the beneficiaries of the struggle. You know, and 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 they're trying to find some identity with you know with the past, and sometimes when it's only when it's convenient. You know, so mm-hmm. it's an interesting topic, and uh, and I guess we could go on for days on it. But, uh, I yes, indeed. Very, very spiritually blessed to be able to be, you know, to have a legacy to be able to look back and know the price that I paid in order to get there. Well, you have you have passed the many rivers of time in the industry, and you've seen it transition from one face to the next to the next to the next. And for you to say that it is much better than it has been, that speaks volumes because you came in the game at a time where there wasn't a lot going on for anybody. Yeah, we were coming from the back of the bus and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, it was Rosa Parks' time. You know, and now we have, you know, 
it's a latte world. It's, people are mixing it. The world is smaller. The internet has made people smaller. The, you know, made not the made the world smaller. I mean, newspapers are almost obsolete because you can get instantly. People don't even stop you anymore from bringing your your, your cameras or your cell phones into concerts anymore. There's no more conference. You know, it's 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 a world where we need each other. You know, and these people who make these wonderful devices need us to be to have enough money to buy them. You know, it's like, so it's uh, you know realizing that we do have power, um, but at the same time we have to cooperate and and not be as greedy as uh, you know as uh, as this world. And you know, as, to me, uh, the, one of the greatest governments in the world is, is democracy. But what messes it up is put capitalism with it. You know, you mix capitalism, and then you have you know people trying to get the most money out of everything and all of that. And I'm not saying, I don't know what's the best anymore. All I know is that we don't love each other and respect each other. We're always going to have these kind of problems. I hear you. Now, how do you feel about your old neighborhood where you grew up and how it's changed so so dramatically? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, New York is, is you know, is is the, the, I call it the last frontier because it keeps changing. It's a very, very, uh, I mean, I live in one of the seven wonders of the world. I call it Las Vegas, but at the same time, I grew up in one of the most special cities in the world, and that's and that's New York. And and my neighborhood, some things change. I mean, the, 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 the packaging of the neighborhood changed, but the people haven't changed. I mean, even the people have changed, but there's still remnants, you know, of, of of the bloodlines that I grew up with were still, you know, in the projects on the low on the west side where I grew up. I was born in the Bronx, and and when I go home, you know, there's there's still people there, you know, my mom's still there, and uh, but uh, you know, it's it's a changing world, and that's why uh, it's almost refreshing sometimes when I meet people who know who know nothing about me. You know, but if I tell them, you know, you want to know something about me, just go and Google because my life is all documented and you know, <laughs> on you know, in on the on the world wide web. So, but it's refreshing to know that some people, and I still have to prove myself. You know, I don't, you know, I don't just take it for granted. Oh, you should know Antonio Vargas, yeah, 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 and all this other stuff. I have to continually prove prove myself every day. You know, I can't rest on my laurels and. uh so you know it's it's humbling and you know and, and nice to be able to go back to the old neighborhood and see folks that you know those who are still alive even because as the older you get the more you hear about people leaving the planet and then then people you know and then births you know you hear more about deaths you know and I look around and I see some of my my peers who are no longer here and I you know and I cherish the memories of, of the, the times we spent together and. And when I look at the city, I see it the way it used to be through my old eyes and uh, not all the gentrification and, you know, and the new buildings and all that. But I can still visualize that time, you know, when I was growing up and the precious, precious special memories. Yes, indeed. I have to say that when I was um, when I was coming up, me and my sisters, um, we had like the... Um, the ideal man that we had, and it was really interesting. They had to, they had to have the same swagger as 
Fred Williamson, Bernie Casey, Jim Brown, and the likes. And, you know, then, back then, it seems like there was such a difference, there was such a pride in, in what they did on and off, you know, the, the camera. And nowadays, I kind of get a little confused because I don't see that. Yeah, yeah. It's not there. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a different, it's different. Love. That's all I can say. You know, what I mean, I can say it, I can't say it's better or worse. I I like the time that I grew up in, and I like the fact that you know we talk. It's almost cliche when we say that I grew up in a time when when my neighbors could discipline me. You know, and you know, and I grew up at a time where you had to honor and there was respect, and. Uh, you know, now, you know, your teacher can't discipline you, you, you know, your your parents can't discipline you, and, you know, and so, you know, uh, I mean, I love the time when Motown raised, and they had studio system in Hollywood, and Motown told the artists what to wear, how to sing, and how to do it. Today, everybody wears what they want to do, says what they want to say, there's no, there's no accountability, you know, and, and people, you know, get, you know, get hung up in the, drinking the elixir of, of their reviews and, and their money and how much money they got it makes them think that, you know, that they're bulletproof. And it's just, you know, it's a whole different world, you know. The, the innocence is lost, you know, and I could say that too. I mean, uh, it was yeah. a more innocent time, you know. We didn't know mm. what we were building on, you know. We didn't know that, you know, that drugs would devastate the bars and, whatnot of uh, in Harlem and different places around the world you know it's it's a whole now it's clubs and you know all this other stuff and I I can't I can't relate to it you know but <laughs> but it is what it is and this is what people young people have have today and you know and uh, I feel somewhat responsible but at the same time uh, I also have to know that uh, you know that that change is inevitable it's inevitable now, what's your, what are your thoughts on reality TV? Because everyone has mixed emotions about it. Some people think that it's it's good, and some people think that it's trash. And well, I don't think it's trash, but I don't think it's good. I think it is what it is. I think people are so want to be innocent, so want to believe what they see, that they think it's reality. It's not reality. It's produced. <laughs> it's like watching a soap opera, you know. Sometimes the news becomes a you know a reality show. Uh, it's just you know it's just really um, you know. Uh, I mean, when I went to the movies or I watched TV, I went for to be entertained and to and to escape. Now they're trying to make reality the escape, and you know who wants that? You know? But at the same time, you know people love it. I mean, Jerry Springer and all these shows they they created a time which you know and then it's talk radio and call in and people and now you have facebook and all these other things where people can hide behind the you know things and, and say and you know and wear anything they want to wear and you know and be posting you know what they ate last yesterday and i mean if somebody's interested of course reality tv reality tv is part of that whole syndrome but um you know hey you know I think there's some good and there's some, you know, some positives and some negatives too. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of being able to be sophisticated enough not to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, not to think that, you know, <laughs> that this stuff is, you know, that this stuff is 
particularly real or, you know what I mean, or or nothing, or the news isn't uh, planned and all this other stuff. It's all it's all produced. It's a produce. It's a production. You know? So that's what I think. Okay. Well, that's, that's some pretty deep stuff. Oh, boy. I have to say, you know, it's just, you know, to get the opportunity to hear, you know, your perspective because of the fact that you've been immersed in the industry for so long and you've had the opportunity to see so many different worlds, you know, it makes it, it makes it a lot more um, um, important because your perspective it's a perspective based on experience, not based on it, what it, you saw. It's not my opinion; it's my experience. And most of most of what we talked about this this evening has been my experience. You, you asked me a couple of things about my opinion about the soap operas, or my opinion about reality TV, all of that. All that's opinion, and everybody has, you know, and everybody has an opinion. But but uh, I've been really blessed to, you know, again to be coming up on 69 years on the planet and 54 years, 55 years in this business that, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I try to speak from my experience and try to pass on my strength, hope, and experience, you know, in opportunities like this to talk with you and, uh, you know, to get the stuff down, to get an oral history down, you know, and this stuff, uh, sometimes it's, it's really nice that, Almost everything we say is out there and will be coming encrypted for for a long time, you know. And we've been blessed sometimes to have. I mean, when I was young and went to Europe as a seventeen as a seventeen year old, I I didn't take a little camera with me. I mean, they had little roll. I don't know. Remember what kind of cameras they had? But now you've got phones and you've got stuff where you can document everything you do. And you know, and if you have a grandmother like like you had, it's good to be able to get a camera and talk to them, you know, or to record, you know, your conversations because they're a part of the history that that's lost, that will be lost unless we do those kind of things. So, so it's been wonderful chatting with you. I got the yes, roll. Yes, indeed. I appreciate you so much. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you have given us of yourself tirelessly with so much love and and your art speaks volumes to who you are and where your you know and where your heart is and we all have benefited from it in such amazing ways. You've brought joy, laughter, sometimes tears to our eyes yes, and yes. for that we are grateful and we thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Tears are important but laughter is better. And um, and it's been wonderful, and let's do it again. And you know that we still we got some place to go, and hopefully that's tomorrow. You know, we have another mm-hmm. tomorrow if we're blessed to have it. So uh, there's no graduation from life. You know, we don't graduate. You know, we just keep we keep moving on, and uh, you know, and and try to make this world a better place. And so I thank you again, and um, look forward to the next opportunity. You got it. Thank you, and God bless. Bye. 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 <laughs> Everyone, that was the amazing and wonderful Antonio Vargas. I have to say that having the opportunity to have a conversation with someone of his stature is not only important, but it is just an honor. And the stories that he can tell, the experiences that he's had, they can help us move forward in our own journeys because it's not about 
where we are today is where we, we hope to be tomorrow. And the only way we're going to know how to get there is to talk to those who have had these experiences and let them lead you. And for that, we are grateful. And for this particular interview, I am so grateful and so happy that I had this time and opportunity. So to each and every one of you, I'll be back again tomorrow. And please join me. Love having you. Love being with you. So as always, follow your dreams. Believe in yourself. Do what it is your heart is calling you to do. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. Be well. Be good to yourself. God bless and good night. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.